The man that's been up to his gills in tennis at the Australian Open, his 25th, which is remarkable because he's only 35. Dave Worsley joins us from the Melbourne airport. Wurzel. <laughs> yes, Steffi, I'm just in the uh, Qantas Club lounge at the moment and I just happened to accidentally pour myself a drink. Oh, whoops, whoops. Um, how important we had a new winner and a defending winner in the women's series. Let's, let's get into the women's side as well. Mm-hmm. She she marched through that open. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Anya Sabalenka, well, she was just too powerful all the way through because, uh, I mean, she dominated her opposition, whether it was, um, well, all the way through, a little bit of a almost glitch against Coco Goff, but that was always going to be the final, but not the final. And even then, Coco Goff, was two points away from taking it to three sets and uh, missed the opportunity there. And then in the final, of course, against Zhang, far too powerful. She started off aggressively. To my mind, she was very similar to Serena Williams at her prime mm. when Serena intimidated everybody by hitting the ball so powerfully. And just the whole attitude, walking on court, everything that she did was sort of like physically, mentally intimidating. You've got to remember, though, that... Uh, Sabalenka lost the first set of the final in the US Open, six love to Coco Golf. I mean, she won the first set, six love, and then she lost the following two, that is. So, you know, she had to come back from that to sort of think, well, I am tough enough. I am mentally tough enough. And just because I lost that US Open after dominating the first set, I'm coming back and I'm going to defend my crown and I'm going to look much, much better than everybody else. You've got to remember the competition for Sabalenka now is uh, Igor Svantec mm. and Coco Golf and maybe Andreva, the 16-year-old in a couple of years from Russia. That's the competition that she's got to beat. Yeah, and the, um, her name escapes me, the Ukrainian, was it, that came through the qualifying rounds? Yeah, there's, um, that was Yastremska. Uh, uh, Yes. Yeah, she, she's good. Um, I don't know if she's top 10 just yet. Uh, you know, she may be a top 10, but I wouldn't put her in the top sort of four or five just yet anyway. All right, into the men's. Uh, yourself and a couple of other tennis correspondents we had pre-tournament and in the first week were saying he's the bloke to look out for. You, you all had the same crystal ball, Dave. Yeah, Yannick, the Italian. Now, the thing is, though, people saying, oh, good pick. Well, who's in the top four anyway? Uh, so it wasn't like we're, you know, aside from Djokovic, um, you know, he could have been one of your next favourites along with Medvedev and Alcaraz. And, of course, Alcaraz got beaten by Zverev. Uh, you had Medvedev playing every single match he possibly could as long as possible because, well, just because. Uh, I think he played about 25 hours on the court uh, throughout the tournament. Uh, there were 35 five-set matches, which equals the best uh, ever, which was US Open back in 1983 or something. Uh, he, he played more sets, more points, more everything than anybody else, and looked as though, Medvedev, looked as though he actually was going to win that final. In fact, Sinner, wow, you just have to think, maybe he played his match in the previous round. The semi-final went over Djokovic, and uh, maybe that was it. Because in the final, gee, we were looking at him going, Ooh, this is going to be over real, real quick. Great. Early night. Woo-hoo. Uh, yeah. Sorry, not thinking about the fans or the players. Um, but, you know, that was the sort of thing. And, uh, you know, really uh, did uh, look as though he had it. But uh, it really showed the resolve and the strength of Yannick Sinner, the 22-year-old. Is he an all-surface player? Yeah, he, he has the game that can play on all surfaces. I mean, nowadays, you know, you're not necessarily serving in bowling. There was some players doing that. I mean, even Medvedev tried to mix it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, he can play well on clay. That's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, grass, 
will be interesting for him. He's got a big enough serve so he can win uh, three points there. And obviously on hard court now, he's proven that. Whereas someone like Medvedev, he said, I'm a hard court specialist. Well, he's been to six finals on hard court. So, yeah, I guess you could say that, which means the US Open and uh, also the Australian Open. Uh, you know, I, I believe he should be able to play better on clay. I don't know why he hasn't had good results in Medvedev at the French Open. He should with his game. Uh, he usually, usually never misses a backhand. That he was voted by all the other players. The player least likely to miss a backhand. Well, he missed a few in that uh, in that final. Um, but you know, the intensity of a final is something different, something special. And we saw that obviously in the women's final, and then again in the men's final as well. Carlos Alcaraz, um, still a very young man. Um, be interesting to see how he copes with. Probably not going as far as both he, his coach, and the fans were expecting. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Alcaraz uh, has all the potential. He's won two slams, so we have to remember that. And, of course, one of them uh, defeating uh, Djokovic uh, on grass and in a very good match as well. So he's got plenty of talent. I guess you've got to look at it. Who are the players who have won one slam at the moment? And uh, obviously now you've got Medvedev's won one. You've got, um, obviously, Sinner. And uh, Dominic Team have all won one slam of late, and uh, Alcaraz has two. Mm-hmm. So you know he's made, you don't call him a step ahead as such, but you know he's he's still got two slams to his name. Uh, but certainly the results uh, from uh, after Wimbledon of last year have fallen away quite a lot. I'm not totally sure what the reason is. With this one particular thing, maybe he just needs to settle down and actually just just forget that he has been number one and that he is currently number two, and just play the game that he loves you know sometimes it's almost all too serious so just take it easy enjoy the game he's going to be on clay which should suit his game a little bit uh for the next grand slam i think this could be important he's got uh, what is it uh, indian wells in miami coming up uh, in a few weeks time two of the bigger tournaments outside of the slams and let's just see how well he goes there um what is next for these guys? What after a, after an open, do, do they all take different routes? What are the, what what's on their path? Well, basically, it is uh, in what are we just starting the beginning of February? Uh, in March, I think it's the beginning of March. You got Indian Wells, which is massive money, massive points, massive massiveness uh, in Palm Springs, and that is uh, you know, that that's one of the big tournaments. And then they go the next week or the ten day tournament. And then they go up to uh, Miami. So they have those two big tournaments. And then after that, the clay court season starts. So pretty much for the next couple of weeks. I mean, if I, if I was Sinner and Medvedev, I'd be taking the next week off and just sleeping the whole time. Those guys must be stuffed. I mean, the thing is, they've got to fly to Italy. They've got to fly to uh, Monte Carlo, where uh, Medvedev lives. Uh, so they're still going to fly a long way. Um, and the thing is, for someone like Sinner, uh, after he did media last night, it was about... Uh, 2.30, 3am, then, uh, you know, he, then he has to do a whole lot of things with the trophy, appearances on TV shows and go and do a photo shoot with the trophy. So pretty much he's had no sleep and um, hasn't really had much of a chance to celebrate. You know, so those guys are going to be tired. And uh, for Medvedev, well, he wants to go home and see his wife and child in uh, Monte Carlo. And, yeah, he, he was pretty good about his loss, um, considering it must have been so disappointing. It was, uh, he's, a, he's a great guy to watch on, on the court and off the court as well. And then you look at Sinner himself, he's just a very humble sort of nice guy. Mm. Lastly, Dave, you've been in and around all the tennis journos, the, world, the world's best. Talk on Rafa Nadal about his reappearance. Will we see it? 
Uh, in, in theory, we should. He apparently is looking at um, playing in... Well, he's still entered in Doha, which is in a couple of weeks' time. I don't think he's going to do that. He may just turn up there because he's friends with the tournament director. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he will try and play... He'd, he'd be smart if all he did was, I'm going to play the clay court season. Forget about the hard court season. That's just going to stuff me completely. Playing on those hard courts, it's going to you know really ruin me. So I'll just try and play the clay court season. I think... He wants to play hard courts, but the smartest thing to do would be stick to clay, stick to what you know. It gives you a couple of weeks, or, well, a few more weeks, another month or so, uh, to actually get your body ready. And that would be the smartest thing. Mm. He will play again this year, I'm sure of it. Uh, but, you know, there's some pretty decent other players. It's not that we've forgotten him or Federer in the past. I mean, the funniest thing with Federer, he's actually uh, done an interview with someone. He said, ah, oh, I actually had to go to the gym. I'm not playing tennis anymore, and I've never been to the gym before. I wasn't really too sure what to do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> man, it's just brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. we just got just over a minute to go, Dave. Erin uh, Routliff, I almost feel like she's a victim of her own success. We haven't talked about her much because she won the US Open. She didn't win yep. at Australia, but still a really good performance from her. Yeah, that's right. Her and Gabby Dabrowski uh, making it through to the semifinals. Probably should have. Well, I don't know, maybe taking it to three, if not even won that match. But um, still, a very good performance. And they've only played 11 times together. They've won a slam, won a couple of other tournaments, been runner-up, and then the semifinals at a grand slam. Not a bad record. She's now going to be up to number six in the world individually uh, when the rankings come out tonight. Very quickly, someone's just said, why is Dave calling them slam titles when they are majors? Grand slams are holding all four, aren't they? I know why. You explain it. No. They're not majors. A majors is a golf major. So they're not majors. Um, you call them grand slams and you win the overall grand slam. Right. You win does them. Does that make sense? Yes, it does to me. That's how I understood it as well. It's a grand slam and if you win them all, you win the grand slam. Correct. Yeah, it may, majors are golf majors. Yeah. Good man. Thanks, Wurzel. Fly safe. No worries, Okay, there is Dave Wesley. Always appreciate his time. Um, he's been over in Melbourne for the last couple of weeks. Uh, still to come on the show, Phoenix Karaka, captain of the Silver Ferns, after the two o'clock news. We'll find out what's making news as well, and we'll catch up with Jimmy Smith for the first time this year, our mate over in Oz.